Is the world's largest carnivore currently trolling the ocean floor, looking for something to eat? Arr. Then we take a look at a bizarre story of a boy who claims he was abducted by aliens. If that wasn't bad enough, one of the aliens was his dad, today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Garbiner. I'm having a great day. Hope you guys are having a great day too. Recording live from the haunted closet. The faster I talk, the sooner I can get the episode finished. It is so hot in here. And coming into Dead Rabbit Command right now, riding on the back of a giant goose. It is Amalia. Everyone give a round of applause to Amalia. She's hanging on to its neck. Now, the goose does not like this journey, but Amalia does. It's a nice feathered seat for her bottom. She's holding on to the goose's neck. Amalia, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon or if you don't like strangling geese, that's fine too. Just help spread the word about the show. Really, really helps out a lot. Dude, so a couple quick things before we get this show started. Um, First off, Amalia, quit strangling the goose. Okay, perfect. They're giving each other hugs now. Now, before we get started, two quick things. First off, this is the end of season 13. At the end of this week, I'm taking a two-week break. Secondly, I already announced this to the Patreon supporters. I will not be able to do bonus episodes this time. The bonus episodes, I really like the idea of them. I actually had already recorded six of them. I just don't have time to edit them. If I'm going to do the bonus episodes, I have to start them early, early in the process. Oh, my God. I got to open this door. It's so hot in here. Oh, my goodness. So, if I survive this episode, if it gets uploaded, you know I survived. I didn't die of heat exhaustion. The bonus, I'm not going to have bonus episodes this break. I just don't have time to edit them up. So I apologize for that. But doing five episodes a week is already pretty hard for a one-man job. I don't know why I thought I would be able to add ten more episodes at the end. But I'm definitely not working on them on the vacation. When I'm on vacation, I don't even read. If I'm reading the news and it says ghost in the headline, I avoid it. I just want to play video games and not read anything about ghosts. I really need to recharge. So sorry about that for the bonus episodes, but you can listen to some back past episodes. You can imagine, you can imagine episodes in your head and then go, hey, Jason, remember that time you covered that episode about those unicorns that took over Parliament? And I was like, no, I don't. But you do because you made that episode up in your head. But sorry about that. And then um, banned from YouTube week. We're going to take a break from that. For today, I realized that the band from YouTube Week, yesterday's episode especially, was pretty dark. One of the reasons why I wasn't talking about them on YouTube was because the subject matter was dark. It was either dealing with like brutal, brutal murders or racism. Both stories kind of had elements of racism in it. And I, let's take a break from that because I don't want to keep talking about dark stuff. And I definitely know you guys don't like it either. Whenever I run a series of really dark episodes, I get a lot of complaints from you guys. So... Amalia, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Jason Jalopy. We are leaving behind Dead Rabbit Command, and we are headed out to Chile. I can't do the sound effects in this closet, dude. I cannot do a Jason Jalopy sound effect to save my life. Amalia, drive us down. You make your own sound effects. It's the end of season 13. Just make your own sound effects. Amalia, drive us down to Chile. This story was recommended to me a long time ago by Squeeze God on YouTube, and then I recently got a recommendation from Ben Werther on Gmail. So thank you very much for recommending the story, and Ben, thanks for reminding me of it. Send me a bunch of links as well. Really appreciate both of you guys, though. This story is part creepypasta, part truth, all-around mystery. 
Amalia's driving us down to Chile. Goose is in the back seat regaling us the stories of Goosedom. We're having a good time. He's actually a pretty good storyteller. And while we're headed down there, we see some scuba divers, like, swimming in the water. We have really, really good eyesight from the freeway. We're like, hey, look it. It's scuba divers. They're scuba, and we can tell what type of equipment they're using. What? And we see them, like, splashing around. And they're like, ah, we have good hearing. We can also hear them from a car on the freeway. Oh, help. Tell my wife I love her. We can hear all this stuff. And then we see, like, a tentacle come out of the water and grab one of them and pull him down. No, Barry, no! And then we see another tentacle grab down that other dude. And the water is completely calm, and we're just parked on the side of the freeway. What we just saw was an attack from the black carpet. So there are these real creatures. They're called Sipophonores. They're not called that. That's how I'm pronouncing it. That's as close as I can get to it. It's actually what happens when you have a collection of little organisms, they create a colony. So like ants are each a little ant, and even though they have like a hive mind, even though the queen goes, go here, and they're like, and they go there, they're still each individual ants. And the ant itself is a creature. Now, what if all the ants formed into one giant ant? And started eating you, and the first ants would bite you, ah, and like the ants that made up the mouth would cut you in half, ah, and then you would be digested by each little ant in the middle. So eventually they would like the ants at the bottom. Think of the human centipede. Think of the, you're like, damn it, Jason, I never want to think of the human centipede. Think of the human centipede, people's mouths sewn other people's buttholes. That's real. That's 100% medically accurate. These things are called Sifhoferone phrase, and they're in the ocean, and it's a bunch of cells. <laughs> they probably no scientists, no no scientist has ever compared them to the human centipede. A bunch of cells they form together to make one creature, and they hunt together. They like some at the bottom are like we're gonna push, boo, and they jump up, and then the thing will start floating around, and then some of them make tentacles to grab things and. They eat fish. These things eat crabs and crustaceans. These things, like, even though it's a bunch of little tiny cells, they'll eat way bigger things than them. And those are real. They use tentacles. They shoot toxin into you. They can also use mimicry. They can be like, hey, hey, over here, I'm a sexy, I'm a sexy fish. And the fishes go, oh, dude, I've always wanted to meet a sexy fish. And then, oh, they can create, they, they, they don't do that. <laughs> they light themselves up makes the fish come towards them, and then they get eaten up. The biggest one ever found, I believe, was down in Australia. It was actually 49 feet by 154 feet. So massive. It was like this giant spiral rope thing. It was found in 2020. They've considered it the world's largest carnivore, this thing, this Sipphoronfrey. One of these one of these pronunciations is close. They're very... You're like, Jason, you're going to keep reading the Wikipedia page. You're going to keep reading facts from Wikipedia. Hold on. They're very fragile. They're very... Fra According to sources... Look, check the footnotes. They're very fragile. You actually very rarely find these things alive, and there's no fossils of them because they're so fragile, but people believe they've been around for at least 60 million years. So those are real. Those are totally real. Now there's a story going around on 4chan and a couple other places on the internet known as the Black Carpet. So, Amalia, park this Jason Jalopy on the beach. We're now standing on the beach. Let's put on our scuba gear. We're putting on our goggles and our tanks and stuff like that. We jump into the water. Splish, splash. We're swimming. How come we don't have a submarine? We don't have a dead rabbit submarine. 
It'd probably be a lot safer after we just saw these two scuba divers get eaten. I'm like, okay, guys, let's jump on inside. Let's swim underwater to see where those people got eaten. The story is, is there's a thing called the black carpet. And it is a siphophrone fray, but it is a mile long and a mile wide. So it's this giant square in the ocean that crawls on the ground. It has little feelers that kind of help it move around. And then it has 20 foot long tentacles that will grab food and eat you. Now, these things are carnivorous. They're not laying. They're not eating algae and stuff like that. They're eating stuff that can get away. They see that crab trying to move. Nope, eating it. You see that fish going home from a long day of being a fish? Eating it. So it would be no surprise if it was a mile long and a mile wide. It has 20 foot long tentacles. It's not, eat it's not eating crabs at that point. It's not like, mmm, this little tiny hermit crab. It's going to have to eat bigger things. Is it eating people? This story is this thing is crawling on the ground. It's eating a bunch of wildlife in the area. And it's so large, it may be responsible for the sound, the bloop. The bloop is this really famous anomalous sound. It was recorded in 1997. Back to Wikipedia, guys. Back to Wikipedia. No, I remember this. I remember this is like a true mystery, but there's this sound called the bloop. It was an underwater sound that was picked up 3,000 miles away. It was the largest underwater sound ever recorded. Uh, Side sources for that one. I don't know if that's specifically true, but it was a super loud sound. They said no living creature could make that sound. And it's like, oh, bro, I'll probably just play this. I'll probably just play the sound clip. I don't think. I'm just going to make the sound. I'll play the sound clip. But anyway, so that's the bloop. And it's been a mystery. It's been around since 1997. It was heard off the coast of Chile. Now, this creature, this black mat, is supposedly the cause of the bloop. This massive organism is the sound of the bloop. It's kind of where this story goes. So I looked into this. And I'm pretty sure this is creepypasta for a couple reasons. One... The main source I found on it was this list of journal entries. It was like journal entry. My name is Joey, and I went underwater today. This is my first day diving. I tested out my new suit. Thanks, Mom. Then it's like the next date. I saw some fish, and they were doing this. And it's like this really just like cheesy SCP type of like countdown. And it's like, I saw something in the water today. I've never seen anything like it. It went on for miles and not... It went on for one mile, and then I looked in the other direction. It was a mile long. It was crazy. And then at the end of it, it goes, the scientist went missing, and nobody found his last lock. Boring. That stuff doesn't happen in real life. I mean, people do go missing. Scientists do not finish their work. But that's not true. That's not true. There wasn't some scientist leaving very vague information online not dating he didn't put dates for any of his stuff it was just like date unspecified today i saw a calamari it was really cool it's it was scp level writing no offense whoever wrote it but it was written like that and then it ended up on creepypasta on the x board as well and i remember seeing that on there and it was kind of like there's this thing underwater kind of what i told you it's the carnivorous and it's very 
it doesn't really state any specifics. It doesn't go, you know, these boats were lost in the area or it's specifically eating people. It's just kind of like there's this big thing that scuba divers think exists that's a mile long and a mile wide. But scuba divers, there's been posts on this on Reddit as well. Scuba divers are like, no, it doesn't exist. There would, there would be records of it by now. There would be logs of other divers seeing it. And then you go, well, maybe they're not taking logs because they're getting eaten by this thing. That was actually my first instinct. But then I thought if they were, if a bunch of divers were dying in a certain area, then there would be rescue crews out there and they'd be spying this thing as well. So I think it's creepypasta. It's definitely, it has all the elements of creepypasta. You have the original story, which is kind of written very Dear Diary-esque, which is an easy way to write a story. And um, it's a little too detailed in some parts, not too detailed in other ones. It just has all these, thrown up all these red flags and... There's no proof of it. Supposedly, it's this massive thing. No one can see it. And it's tied into a known event. It would be the same thing if I started a creepypasta and it turns out that this is the reason why the Bermuda Triangle exists. Or the creepypasta ends with me turning around and Mothman goes, good job, good job. It's like tying it into an... Ex <laughs> That'll do, pig. That'll do. And Mothman flies away and destroys the city. Tying it into a real event adds legitimacy to it. So they tied into the bloop. What I find fascinating about this whole thing, and thank you, Ben, and thank you, Squeeze God, for letting me take a look at this, because what I find fascinating about it is it's totally missing the mark. This thing could be real. Absolutely could be real. But because they wanted to go this creepy way of doing it, they totally missed the mark. There is a real thing called the microbial mat. It's underwater microbes on the seabed. They cover an area bigger than the country of Greece. So not this mile by a mile thing. That's, <laughs> that got eaten by this thing. It's underwater microbes on the seabed. Now it's not this carnivorous creature. It doesn't have tentacles, but it is a life form. It is this thing that exists as one cohesive entity that is bigger than a country at the bottom of the seafloor. And this thing is located off the coast of Chile. The same place where the bloop sound came from. This is what I find so interesting. That could be... They just discovered this microbial mat in 2011. That might have been the sound of the bloop. And it doesn't have to be a sea monster. It could have been a living organism as big as a country. And bigger than several other countries. Moving. Or and causing that sound. The thing with the bloop sound being connected to any living organism, though, so we've only recorded it once. The going theory is, is it was a certain iceberg calving. It was a certain iceberg breaking off, creating that sound. But if it was a living organism, you think we would have picked it up more than once. But then people go, oh, no, they're covering it up. They're covering it up for whatever reason. NASA hates the color orange. They're covering it up. Like, they'll always throw that in as an easy get. But... Whether the black carpet doesn't exist, but this microbial mat does, and it exists in the same location where the bloop was heard. But then, you know, let's put our own spooky twist on this story to wrap this up. When I was reading this, I thought, you know what else? I, it totally reminded me of this. I go, we covered something off the coast of Chile, and we're specifically talking about the southern coast of Chile a long time ago. I think it was like episode 134. I could be wrong. It's in the show notes. But off the coast of Chile was an island of warlocks. And they would create these creatures called the Umbunche. They would take youth from local neighborhoods and break their legs and bend them backwards and turn them into these horrific creatures. They were skinning the recent dead, like breaking into people's tombs and wearing their skin as capes. 
so they could fly around. These warlocks were so feared, the local population didn't even want to talk about them. And when these warlocks did get taken to trial for these black arts, it was the last witch trial. It was the very last witch trial in modern times. I think it was like in the early 1900s or mid-1900s, honestly. It's been a long time since I reported that. What if all that black magic, what if all those dark arts actually created a beast in the water? Now, I get, now we're back on the creepypasta thing, but it's just an interesting thing. This place was a place of dark magic. Of cannibal magic. Of human sacrifice magic. And then from this same location, we have the creature that's as big as the country of Greece and the location of the loudest sound ever recorded underwater. It's possible. I don't think the black carpet exists, but something big does exist off the coast of Chile. It could be a scientific curiosity. Could be all these little microbes hanging out and it's something to look at under a microscope, under a macroscope in that case. Or it could just be the first shape, the first form of a dark creature that was summoned decades ago in the deep blue seas off the coast of Chile. Amali, let's go ahead and hop in that carbon copter. We're going to, before this Cthulhu-like creature is fully summoned, get us out of here. We are going to leave behind Chile. We are headed out to Potwin, Kansas. Have you done it yet? Have you pre-ordered your copy of Murder, Barry, Win? Do you like board games and murder? then the dark comedic thriller Murder, Bury, Win is for you. Critically acclaimed on the festival circuit and winner of Best Feature at Phoenix FearCon, Murder, Bury, Win centers on three aspiring board game designers who have to dispose of a body. With few options available, they turn to their game for guidance. The premise of their game? How to murder someone and get away with it. Pre-order now and you'll receive the original deck of cards as featured in the film for free. Details at MurderBarryWin.com. Really good movie. I've talked about it a lot. I'd like to do something else with the creators of that movie. One of the guys who worked on it is Carson. He's a longtime Patreon, longtime friend. Really, really fun movie. It's actually super tense. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's fun. It's actually really super tense, but I greatly enjoyed it. And I, I know you will, too. <laughs> Molly is flying this carpenter copter. We are headed out to Potwin, Kansas. Oh, man, it's so I opened the side door of the helicopter. I'm leaning out. I'm like, oh, it's so hot in here. The goose is patting my head. Season's almost over, he says. Then you rest. And then you start this whole process again for season 14. I'm always ready to start at the end of the vacation. But before it starts, oh, I'm super sweaty. It's October 1st, 1972. We're in Potwin, Kansas. It's 1 a.m. There's a seven-year-old boy sleeping in his room. Let's call him Mikey. And Mikey's tossing and turning, and he's like, he's mm. <laughs> a seven, he's not a toddler. Me want Baba. And then he, he can kind of hear, like, footsteps. That sounds like booty. That sounds like booty clapping. He, he's, he's... That's how sweaty my legs are. I'm wearing shorts. He hears footsteps, step, 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 step. And he opens his eyes and he sees in his darkened bedroom two gray aliens standing in front of his bedroom door. 
Now, your first inclination is going to... You're seven years old. Like, as you get older, I think you'd, you'd scream, and then you'd start, like, finding stuff to throw at him, or maybe scream and faint, or maybe scream and pretend to faint because you have a fetish for gray aliens. You're like, ooh, my time has come. But he just screams. He's seven years old. What is he going to do against a gray alien? He starts screaming for his dad. He's like, Dad, no, help me, help me, help me. He hears his dad running through the hallway. The door opens. The aliens vanish. The dad is now standing in this empty bedroom, and the Mikey's like, "No, Dad, you were you before you got here. There were two gray aliens there. They were trying to get me. Well, I don't know. I had the part where they're trying to get me. It's implied they were trying to get me because they're in my bedroom. But maybe they just wanted to, like hang out." Dad goes, "Listen, there's no aliens here. Probably does the whole thing. Like, do you want me to check the closet? Do you want me to check under the bed? Do you want me to check the interdimensional teleporter? Yeah, yeah, check all that stuff." The dad leaves, and the Mikey's still in the bedroom. He's super scared. And after the dad leaves, the aliens step out of the darkness. (gasps) Now Mikey is in a room and he's laying down on a table. And he sees what's described as humanoids. So he had gray aliens first. So these are more human looking. He sees a doctor. He sees like a man who appears to be a doctor. We see that happen a lot in UFOlogy. Someone will see someone and they'll say, I think it was a doctor. But first off, most doctors don't wear like the doctor coats. Most doctors just wear like clothes, just like normal clothes. So it's interesting when people have these alien experiences, are they seeing them in the actual like smock or whatever that is, that white lab coat thing, which real doctors don't really wear anymore. Or do they just see someone in clothes and they get the mental impression that they're a doctor, that they're some sort of medical specialist? That's an interesting question. But he sees this doctor and then he sees two shorter humans around the doctor who he thinks are his assistants. Now the boy's freaking out. No, no, his voice got super deep. He started puberty the second they teleported him. No, no, let me go. And he's freaking out and the doctor's kind of looking around. The assistants are just, like, handing out earplugs, handing out sci-fi earplugs. The boy's freaking out, though. He won't calm down. And then his father walks into the room. And he looks at his dad, and he immediately begins to calm down. Now, the boy knows this isn't his father. The boy knows that his father is not here. But they are able to roll him over onto his side. And then they put something into his left ear. His dad walks over to him and looks down at Mikey and says, don't touch your ear. Don't touch your ear until you wake up. And the next thing the boy knows, he's laying in his bedroom. He has no further memory after his father says that. I got that story from thinkaboutitdocs.com. They got it from New Fork which is the National UFO Research Center, I believe, and it was listed in their records. It's a very short story, but it has some really creepy implications. It would make sense that if you were abducting somebody in an alien setting, you really couldn't do it in real life. It'd be way harder in real life if somebody kidnapped Mikey and threw him in a warehouse and then his dad showed up. It was just a guy dressed up like his dad normally dresses up, but he's wearing like a wearing like a bag over his head. He's like, hey, Mikey, I'm your dad. I can't show my face because technology hasn't evolved to the point where I can mimic your face, but 
I'm your dad. It'd be a lot harder to do in real life, but in an alien setting, you figure it'd be pretty easy to actually... I mean, if you can traverse the stars, you think you can put on a disguise, right? Hologram or something like that. So it would make sense to imitate a loved one to get you to calm down. But then I let's, let's put on our conspiracy caps, because I think we can take this to a crazy level. I think we can take this someplace way crazier. And it, I'll say this too, if you if you have any mental issues, maybe this is a cursed episode, maybe this should be on the Not For YouTube week, and it is, so it's perfect. If you have any, like, mental issues, you might not want to listen to this next segment. There was actually a young man who kept following, I get so much weird emails and stuff from people, and this was on YouTube as well. Um, I think on Monday I mentioned that I get a bunch of weird... I get, like, weird emails every single day and I hate emails every single day. It's constant. But um, I got this weird... I got this weird series of contacts from this young man recently. And he was skipping from video to video and he he thought the videos were cursed or that they were speaking to him. He found the despair... He kept pleading to for me to convince him the despair code wasn't real. He wanted me to tell him that his spare code wasn't real. He found that episode. And then he uh, found the Solar Plexus Clown Gliders one. He was like 12. I think he was 12 years old. And he was like, no, since I've heard this, I can't get it out of my head. And he was like, somehow was... He was able to hop from like my most psychologically disturbing episodes. He did the spare code. He did Solar Plexus Clown Gliders. And then there was one other one. And first I thought he was a troll, because that's usually what a lot of this stuff is. But I actually, I'll always take a look and see what I can find out about the person. I'll spend like 10 minutes doing it. I'm not Perry Mason or any other investigator. He was a lawyer. It doesn't matter. The point is, he's a fictional character. The point is, is that he ter- did turn out he was 12. I was able to verify his age. Because I'm a reporter. I know how to find stuff out about people really, really quickly. I was able to verify his age. So... I remember telling him, you may not want to listen to the this show that's that distressing to you. No, 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 I can do it. I just need to know that a spare code isn't real because I listened to this episode and now I'm afraid my life is going to be ruined. And So, just, I mean, I, I most of you guys, like I said, I get crazy emails every single day, but I get for every crazy email, I get five or six emails from people telling me how much they love the show and good good story suggestions and things like that, like Squeeze God and Ben and all that stuff. It balances out on the side of good, definitely, but most of you people are mature and have really strong psychic, in the sense, and not like psychic powers, like you can see the future, but psyche, like you guys can take some mental, basically, most of you guys, I'm going to tell you this, I don't remember what I was talking about, but anyways, oh, oh, so yeah, 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 so here's the thing, if you have any sort of like issues distinguishing the difference between reality and fantasy, don't listen to this next segment. What if, conspiracy caps fully on, and disclaimer fully given, what if this is the way that aliens operate? And what if you could actually look back at your life? Imagine this. You look back at your life's memories, and you find out that 10% of them aren't real. 10% of the memories you have, maybe even more, are memories implanted to cover up alien abductions. That memory you have when you were three and your mother giving you a bath. You realize you were actually neck deep in a thick purple fluid. As a gray alien is slowly inserting a needle into the base of your spine. But you just remember your mother 
washing the back of your neck. A smile on her face. You remember walking down the street one day to go to the park. You were so excited to see your friends that day. But you never got to the park. You never even left your house. The memory of you walking down the street never happened. It was a cover-up for that time that you were walking down a dark hallway. Nervous. Anxious. Afraid. You'd been down this hallway a dozen times already. You knew of the operating room that laid beyond the black door. But in your mind, you can't wait to get there. You're going to have so much fun at the playground. That time you were in school, you asked for permission to go to the bathroom. You were only gone for a few minutes, but when you came back, your teacher yelled at you. What took you so long? Your first kiss. The first time you saw a rainbow. That time you were laying in the grass and you felt completely content. None of these events ever happened. They're simply implanted memories to cover up what the aliens were doing to you. And that's why when you ask your mom or ask a friend, hey, you remember that time? They go, no, what are you talking about? That never happened. Yeah, I remember that one time when I was a little kid, I was running down the hallway and fell and I scraped my knee. Well, I remember you scraping your knee, but I don't remember you doing it at that house. And you said, no, honey, that never happened. It's because we're asking real people to verify events that were implanted into our mind. And if that's the case, if you have childhood memories that were crafted by alien abductors, and you're not able to tell the difference, who's to say that it stopped? Who's to say that it's still not happening? That night you stayed up late playing video games, and man, it seemed like time just stopped. You had so much fun. You're up till 3, 4 in the morning playing video games, having so much fun. But you were really strapped down into a chair. Eyes forced open. Single teardrop. Falls across your cheek. As the experiments continue. And even now. You could be sitting in a cell aboard an alien medical starship. And you're sitting in the darkness, terrified of what comes next. And then the new memory is implanted. The memory of you sitting there, listening to your favorite podcast. A man's voice echoing across the distance. He says he's recording it in a haunted closet. He says that he's having a great day. And he hopes you are too. But he's just a figment. He's just an implant. He's just a voice to calm you down. He doesn't exist. He never existed. All that exists is the pitch black cell you exist in and the gray aliens outside the door, ready to drag you out for another 
experiment. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com. I do exist. I do exist. I do exist. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. And if I am fictional, can I get, like, some fictional, like, not working so hard? Can I get some fictional stress relief, please, aliens? DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. And a fictional air conditioner in this haunted closet. Aliens. Oh, aliens, if you hear me in this listener's mind, please reach out beyond the cosmos and make this closet air conditioned. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be your email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Both of those things are real. DeadRabbitRadio at deadrabbitradio is our Twitter account. That's also real. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be your programming. Next up, alien, alien programming. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Is that okay, Alien Masters? Did you like that? Did you like that episode? Man, it gets real hot in this closet. It gets really, really hot. Have a great day, guys.